Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job has an important message on the topic of temptation. Our greatest challenge is not the people around you. It's not the circumstances that you live around. It's not your neighbor. It's not your wife. It's not your cousin. And it's not your mother-in-law. Your biggest problem when it comes to temptation is your own heart. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and he's senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. You know, one struggle we all have to deal with at one point or another is temptation. In fact, no matter where you are today, it's very likely at some point before the day ends, you're going to be tempted by some type of sin. But what is the source of that temptation and what drives that desire in us? Mark, let's begin this new series today in the book of James, The Message, The Temptation Trap. Yeah, I think this is going to be huge for people. You know, we sometimes have polar opposite responses. Uh, sometimes we just blame it on someone else. Uh, people, Some people listening to me, to me grew up saying, the devil made me do it. <laughs> and uh, you have just sort of uh, completely uh, washed your hands of right. personal responsibility. And it he, was... he gets enough blame, and rightfully so, but, you know, maybe it's us too. He doesn't get all the credit. That's right. And so James really points to the source of our temptation, which is the desires of our own heart. Mm -hmm. The message, as I said, is called The Temptation Trap, and we begin this new series in chapter one of the book of James. You know, when we're tempted, we tend to blame it on other people, other things. How about it? I heard of a lady who her husband was really trying to crack down on the household budget, and he told her several times, honey, we're really tight. You cannot spend. And she said, well, I have to get a dress for this occasion. He said, promise me you're not going to spend on an expensive dress. She said, honey, don't worry. I won't. So she went out. She did her shopping. She came back really happy. How many of you ladies can relate? It just There's something about it that just makes you happy to have a bag full of new stuff. And she came back and she told her husband, hey, I bought this dress. It's beautiful. He didn't want to see it. He just asked, how much? How much? How many of you relate? How much did you spend? She put it on. She told him his jaw dropped. He said, I, you promised me that you weren't going to overspend. And she said, I know I didn't want to, but I just couldn't. I gave in. It was too much of a good dress. And he said, why didn't you just say, Satan, get thee behind me? And she said, I did. And he said, it looked good from that side too. And so, you know, we love to blame it on anybody. How about it? We love to blame our temptations on other people. And I don't know what your temptation is today. I don't know what you struggle with, but we all struggle with multiple areas. And your temptation may not be my temptation, and my temptation may not be yours, but we all have temptations of various kind. James chapter 1 talks to us about that. And I'm going to begin reading in James chapter 1, verse 13. It says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. 
Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Word of the Lord. So today, as we talk about temptation, I want to break down temptation for you because I think a lot of people don't understand the mechanics of temptation. And some people are stuck in a cycle where you get tempted, you resist for a little while, but then you give in. You feel bad about it, but then you get tempted again, it starts to grow, you give in, you feel bad about it, and you do this over and over, and certain temptations have had a grip on you for years. And you just keep repeating that same cycle over and over. And I believe it's time for some of you to say, I'm going to break free of this temptation that has me gripped for so many years. And so James is talking to uh, a group of people and he just explained what it means to be tested. And now he's trying to explain to them what it means to be tempted and how to overcome temptation. And so... He says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Now, there is a difference between testing and tempting. I believe that God allows you to be tested, but God never tries to get you tempted. And let me just explain the difference real quickly. The difference between testing and tempting we can get confused about it because they sound very similar but they're really very different uh, when we are tested uh, testing is to prove or try a person's quality or character tempting is to persuade or entice someone to do something immoral or wrong are you tracking with me so, for example, you may go through a trial and find out that your job is moving to Texas and that you may be jobless in three months. That's a test. You could be tempted to worry. You could be tempted to get anxious. You could be tempted to get full of fear. But it's testing your character. How well will you trust God? Will you lose your joy? Will you really continue to stand firm and believe God? That's testing your character. Temptation is different. Temptation is luring you to do something wrong. It's, it's that uh, woman at work that you know is flirting with you and that the flirtation is growing stronger and stronger and you're a married man and yet the flirtation of this woman is getting bigger and bigger now it's more extreme and the overtures are great and 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 she invites you out for a couple of drinks and in your mind you know what it's leading to that's temptation because that's kind of luring you to do something that's wrong so there's a difference between testing your character and tempting you to do something wrong. And what James says, he says this, when you are tempted, never blame God on your temptation because God never tempts you. He's, he cannot be tempted by evil, neither does he ever tempt you to try to do evil. Are you tracking with me? So... The first point I want to make is understand the problem. 
Understand that the weakness inside, not the circumstances on the outside, is your greatest challenge. Many of us like to blame other people for our temptation. Uh, the common excuses for our temptation is sometimes we blame God. Well, God brought this temptation into my life. He tested me so strong I couldn't put up with it. Some people like to blame the devil. The devil made me do it. You know, I don't know, I was trying to do good, but I just got overwhelmed by evil, and he just tempted me and drugged me, so it must be the devil's fault. Uh, some people like to blame their circumstances. If everybody weren't so critical at my job, I wouldn't be critical. You know, if my, you know, if my wife were just more compliant, if she were more cooperative, I wouldn't be angry all the time, so it's my wife's fault that I'm angry. So you blame God, you blame the devil, and you blame others and your circumstances. But the Bible really tells us, and what James tells us here, is that really temptation doesn't come from the outside. Stop blaming others and your circumstances for temptation because the real place that temptation is birthed is inside of us. Our greatest challenge is not the people around you. It's not the circumstances that you live, live around. It's not your neighbor. It's not your wife. It's not your cousin. And it's not your mother-in-law. Your biggest problem when it comes to temptation is your own heart. It's the desires that are inside of you. And that's exactly what James is telling us. James is telling us that God doesn't tempt anybody. He says, when you're tempted, don't blame it on God because God doesn't tempt you. God cannot be tempted by evil. Neither does God tempt anyone towards evil. In other words, God is not the author of evil and he doesn't tempt anybody to evil. So don't think that it's God that's putting temptation in front of you to try to test you because God doesn't do that. In fact, the verbiage that it's used, used here in Scripture is that God is inexperienced in evil. That that's not the world that He plays in, that that's not who He is. God, by definition, and I think it's important to understand this, that you and I, when we were born, God did not create us with a sinful nature. God created us from the beginning not to sin. He put us in an ideal environment in which God walked with man and woman on a regular basis. We had no inclination to sin, no predisposition to sin, but we had the choice to be able to sin. We had free will. Somewhere down the road, and we don't, we're not sure exactly how far down the road, there was a temptation that happened between the woman between the temptation that she got from the serpent and man itself. And man made a choice at that time. We know that God has said, do not eat of this tree, but yet man violated what God had said and they chose to eat of the tree. And something powerful, dramatic happened at that moment. Theologians call it the fall of man. The choice that Adam and Eve made has affected all humanity after them. Adam and Eve were created without a sin nature. Every child that has been born since Adam and Eve, including their old children, Cain and Abel, we are 
different than Adam and Eve because we are born with a sin nature. What does that mean? That means that our sin nature causes us to have a predisposition, an inclination to sin. That baby, every baby that was born at Northwestern Hospital this weekend, they were born with a sin nature. Every baby that's brought into this world, we say, oh, they're so pure and precious and good, and they are. But don't be deceived. There's a sin nature inside of them. And it will lead us to sin. It will lead us to defy God. It'll lead us to go against God. It'll lead us to be selfish, hate, uh, full of hate, violence, and other things that are naturally inside of them. Theologians call it the depravity of man, that we are utterly broken. There's a depravity inside of us that we will constantly gravitate towards because we have this in nature. We'll hear more from Mark on that in just a moment, but you are listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. And in case you didn't receive this week's edition of the Bold Stepper Weekly, I have to ask why not? It's easy to get. It's free of charge. There's no obligation whatsoever. Just go to boldstepsradio.org and sign up. Now, it came to our inbox Monday morning, Mark, and uh, thank you for writing these. Absolutely. It's great to keep up with people and just let them know a little bit of what's happening in our ministry, give a devotional thought. So we encourage you to sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. By the way, this edition, you'll be challenged to understand, hey, you need to focus on your position. Don't give up your position. I taught Little League Soccer for a while, and that was my main thing. Stay in your position, stay in your position, stay in your position. Yeah, I, I have an image of my head of kids running around willy-nilly. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I also highlight uh, some of the ministry that our church is uh, doing. There's been several thousand uh, Venezuelan immigrants that have recently come to Chicago, and there's been a, just a great door to minister to them. We've seen a lot of them come to Christ and uh, feed them, give them coats, and just a great opportunity where the mission field basically has come to our doorstep. And so you'll hear a little bit more about Good. that as well. Well, that's an example of what was in this week's Bold Stepper Weekly, which came out Monday morning very early. And if you'd like to get this coming Monday's edition, make sure your name is on the list to receive it at boldstepsradio.org. Just sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. And while you're there, why don't you request this month's Bold Step gift? We'll tell you more about that later in the program coming up here. Now, let's continue with our message, The Temptation Trap, in our new series. Here's Mark Job. Now, there's something that Adam had. Only two men that have ever been on this earth have had that they didn't have that we have. One, Adam did not have the sin nature, but he fell and then got the sin nature. Thousands of years later, there was another man that was born without the sin nature. His name is Jesus Christ. He's also called the second Adam. Why? Because the first Adam had no sin nature and the second Adam, Jesus, had no sin nature. How did God ensure that he would not have a sin nature? This is why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Because the seed of man passes down the sin nature. 
Jesus was not born of the seed of man. He was conceived in a woman without the seed of man. It was God himself that came upon Mary and she conceived a child but without the help of a man and so therefore bypassed the sin nature. And when Jesus was born, he was like Adam with no propensity to sin, no inclination to sin, and he was all God and all man because the Bible said it had to be a perfect human being that would die and sacrifice for you and I and it couldn't be someone with a sin nature are you are you tracking here I know I'm teaching you a little bit of theology but you need to you need to be versed in some theology here to understand what the Bible is talking about so the battle against the sin nature has been active in all of humanity down through the ages there is not a society on earth that does not struggle with sin hatred Bitterness, envy, violence. Go to the deepest part of the jungles of, of, of the Amazon that is not around uh, the rest of civilization and you will see some of the same degradation and propensities that you see in New York City or in Chicago. Why? They've been isolated, but we have one thing in common. We have this in nature. God does not have a sin nature. He's perfect in all of his ways. And he cannot be tempted by evil, even though Jesus was tempted while he was on earth. He said no to temptation. He was tempted in every way like we are, but he never gave in to temptation. And so what it tells us is that God cannot fall into temptation, and he doesn't use temptation to cause us to fall either. He will test us, but God will never tempt us. Now, from the beginning, we've had the propensity or inclination to blame other people. Adam and Eve did the same thing. If you look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, when, when Adam fell into sin and God said, Adam, what happened? What do you do? This is what Adam said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. Then the man said, the woman, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave it, she gave it from the tree and I ate it. Now, I want you to notice a couple things. First of all, he said, the woman, it's her fault. And by the way, you gave the woman to me. So it's not only her fault, it's your fault too. I'm just an innocent guy. You see, our inclination when we fall into sin is to blame it on other people. Adam was basically saying, the woman made me do it, but you gave me the woman, so ultimately, God, it's your fault that I fell into sin. And we've been doing the same thing over and over and over. Even in today's society, we blame other people. We blame our neighborhood. We blame our family. We blame our spouses. We blame our employers. We blame the government. We blame everybody who we can blame to not take responsibility for our own bad decisions. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3, it says, a man's folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord. Sometimes we mess up our own life, but then we raise up our fist at God and say, God, what are you doing to me? But yet it's us and our bad choices that are messing up our life. So I want you to know, first of all, I want you to understand the problem. We all sin. We all give in to sin. We have a sin nature. Our proclivity is to sin. 
And, and by the way, can I just clarify one thing about this? Because some people get confused about this. Every child that's born is born with the sin nature, but every child that's born is not born a sinner. There's difference between having a sin nature and being a sinner. You only become a sinner when you are old enough to sin. Some of you were taught that babies have to be baptized to wash away their sin, or if they die as an infant, they're going to suffering, purgatory, hell. The Bible does not teach that. I do not believe that if a child dies before they're old enough to sin that they will incur judgment because they're not old enough to be able to sin. So that way, don't worry. You say, well, I need to baptize this baby because the baby dies and they have a sin. No, we dedicate babies. Only when they're old enough to sin will they be held responsible for their sin. Are you tracking with me? This is really important for you to understand. So... First of all, we have to understand the problem of sin, the problem of temptation. Secondly, we need to understand not only the root of the problem that lies within us, but we have to understand the process. Temptation has a full completion cycle, and when it's finished, it brings about spiritual death. In verse 14, it says, but each one is tempted, not by God, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. In other words, no one just falls into sin. There's not a person here that suddenly just falls into a lifestyle of sin. It, it's a progression. There's a seed. That seed grows, that gets bigger, that gets stronger. It's just like giving birth to a child. You don't say, oh, I don't know. She just, she just, from one minute to the next, just gave birth to a child. No, it doesn't work that way. There has to be an inception. And you may not even know that someone's pregnant because it's not noticeable, but with time it starts to grow. There's a growth within the uterus, a progression of that child beginning to grow. Then suddenly it begins to show. And then the day comes when there's labor contractions. That there's birth to a child. The same it is with sin. Sin starts with a seed. You may not even know it's there, but it starts to grow. It gets stronger. It, 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 it gains strength. There's momentum that's going. And then suddenly it gives birth to sin. And then sin starts growing up and it gets stronger and stronger. And oftentimes takes over our life. But it doesn't just start. There's a progression that gets it stronger and allows it to take over our life. And so James explains the cycle. And he explains it this way. This is the cycle of how sin can get a hold of our life and really get a grip on our life and control our life. First of all, it starts with our internal desire. Notice he says, but each one is tempted by his own evil desire. Now let me say this, desires are not bad. Desires are a good thing. There's nothing wrong with desires, but when we go, when we try to fulfill our desires in the wrong way, illegitimate ways, then it leads us down a track that's different and far from God.
Well, you're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job and the start of a lesson titled The Temptation Trap. We'll continue with part two of this message on tomorrow's program. But in the meantime, feel free to visit our website and check out all of the faith-building resources and opportunities we have available. One such resource you'll definitely want to take a look at is our Bold Step gift. It's a book that may help you unlock a new chapter as we move into a new year. And to hear more about it, here again is Mark. Do you want to use the gifts and talents that God has given you, but you can't seem to make the leap? Maybe you've been doing the same thing for so long you're feeling worn down and burnt out. Well, if you'd like to stop spinning your wheels and get back onto the path that God has set for you, you'll want a copy of this month's Bold Action Gift. It's a book entitled Unstuck. It's designed to help you discover seven key areas that can derail you from living with intention and purpose, along with some practical steps you can take to reconnect with God's call. We'll send you a copy today when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. And as we kick off this new year, consider taking a new step in your journey of faith by becoming a bold partner. Your monthly financial gifts of any amount will help bring the gospel to new listeners all over the country and across the world. And you can give your one-time gift of any amount or sign up to give monthly as a Bold Partner by going online to boldstepsradio.org. You can also reach us by giving us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. If you'd like to connect with our Bold Steps community, feel free to join us on social media by liking and following our pages on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Bold Steps Radio. And before we close, we want to remind you that no matter what your schedule looks like, you can always catch these daily messages at another time by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast. Just open up your podcast app on your mobile device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Now on behalf of Mark and the whole Bold Steps team, I'm Wayne Shepard, thanking you for joining us for today's message, The Temptation Trap. We'll continue with part two when we return tomorrow. So make plans to join us then. That's Thursday, right here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.